Hey guys, and welcome to the Get Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bishop of Mish. I'm currently here in Cambridge. Are we in Cambridge? Yes, we are in we're Cambridge. In Cambridge. Yes. That's good. So we're in Cambridge um, with Nick and Sonia. Uh, and you guys are like, who the fuck are these people? Um, Nick is from Toyota. Right. And Sonia is a manga artist who produced the lovely Taiko Man. I don't know why I had to look at that manga again. <laughs> because you can't help it. I can't. It's quite it's awesome. that good. It is really <laughs> awesome. I enjoyed it. Let's get straight into the questions, and people are like, Bish, why are you getting all these different car companies here? What's going on? It's like, I, I enjoy it. It's kind of cool. I saw Nick at MCM Expo, and I was like, what is this? And there was a cosplayer, wasn't there? At the mm, Expo, yeah. yeah. Which was interesting to see, actually. And there's kind of, you know, in the, the vehicle industry now, there's this kind of uh, trend going on, especially with like, anime-inspired, manga-inspired. You see Honda has done it before mm-hmm. with their... Uh, and for Valtus and possibly to him with the manga or the icon. Anyway, let's get back into the question. So, for our listeners who don't know, can you give us a brief overview of the new Igo? Yeah, sure. So, um, the Igo is Toyota's city car. So, it's aimed at those who do more driving in urban environments or it's their first car. So, it's, it's kind of affordable, accessible. Um, but with the new iGo, we wanted to make sure that it uh, allowed the driver to show their personality. So it's highly customizable. Lots of different uh, designs can be, can be made of, of the design, both in the exterior and the interior. But it's also, from a, a more rational point of view, it's uh, got a very high uh, MPG, so low fuel economy, uh, and low uh, carbon emissions. So uh, its running costs are really low. So it's affordable, accessible. Uh, allows you to personalize it yourself. And in terms of the design of the machine, what do you think were the design intentions for the iPad? I think it's uh, a, a car that's uh, it's kind of like an introduction to Toyota. It's, you know, it's like a gateway car to the rest of the range. It might be the first car that you buy and then trade up. Trade up. Um, but really what we wanted to do with this car, again, like I say, is, is focus on design. Because I think historically with Toyota, maybe not been that much of a challenging design it's been more about sort of fuel and running costs and things and we wanted to sort of surprise some people so um, really that that was the main uh, thing that the company focused on in the development of this new car but also to bring the technology up to date I think I go the old I go been on the market for a long time maybe seven or eight years and uh, was missing some of the functionality that younger drivers want such as Bluetooth or uh, touchscreen or satellite navigation so it was a good opportunity to bring that into uh, into the mix for the car. Hey, so can you talk us through the design process of the car? Because I'm very interested in this because I myself am a designer. So it's just like, oh my god, it looks cool. How do they get to the design spot? I think um, yeah, from from what I from what I know of it, um, yeah, the design process for this car started quite a long time ago, back in 2006. So uh, it's been sort of eight years in the making, and the final design was settled back in 2011. There was two competing designs. One was a uh, uh, the one that you've seen, the one that, you, you, that we launched, and another one that was maybe not quite so progressive and edgy. And um, so we went with the more challenging of the two. Um, and since 2011, up until the launch of the car last year, uh, it's been about uh, developing the engineering and the, and the tooling ready to, to go onto the market. And we went back on the market in last summer. So I've seen quite a lot of adverts for the uh, and I, I didn't really think too much of it because to be honest I like some of Toyota's older adverts or some they have in America, especially the ones for the Corolla which I don't sell here, which I'm disappointed about. <laughs> you have to tell someone in Toyota about that, okay. um, with their Hatsune Miku adverts and things like that, but I've seen adverts here where they've got like that, you know that prank advert, the, hat, yeah. the magic of a hat, and I was just like, oh my god, I've seen that guy on YouTube and now he's in this advert. Yeah. For a car that's not even sold in the United States, mm-hmm. not many people pick up on that. Now that I said it, everyone's just going to be like, "God, saying some stuff." It's like mind blown. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about that? Like, we've had a lot of feedback. Let's call it that feedback on the Go Fund Yourself campaign. And I think if we hadn't have upset some people or uh, surprised some people, then it wouldn't have hit its target, which is to try and challenge. So for really one of the big things in Toyota at the moment is really maybe 20 years ago it was all about trying to please everybody. So you ended up with something kind of average, maybe you know, very well built, very, very well engineered, but kind of didn't didn't stand out, wasn't distinctive. Now we've got something that stands out, that's really distinctive. Some people are not going to like that, some people are. So it's really about 
taking a position in the market. So in terms of design inspirations, what were those inspirations when designing this? I think one of the design team's key of totems for this car really was manga as a whole, the whole sort of world of manga, and to try and bring an element of Japanese distinctiveness to, to the car, because in the day Toyota is a Japanese company. So the one that Tarai-san, who led the project, has always sort of touched on in presentations and conversations and interviews is Astro Boy. Kind of that small but powerful uh, terminology was what he really used as the centre of the car. That is what the car's all about, really. When you say Astro Boy, all I can think about is just, well, Astro Boy would be flying around with rockets from his hands mm. and then just putting things to the car and like, does this car have rockets? No, it can't fly. But it looks, like you said, it looks really great. It's kind of badass. Look at it. <laughs> if, if I could chime in a little bit with my observations as an artist um, between like Astro Boy and the car itself. I mean, if you look at the character and the artwork for Astro Boy, there's a, lot of, there's a slick design to it. It's clean lines, but there's also sharp spikes. There's edges. There's round bits and there's edges, the shiny surfaces. And that's something which I thought really tra like translated really well through to the car. I mean, so if you look at the cross shape, but then you also, you, you notice like the way how the, the back of it, there's a bit of an edge just there. And the way how, particularly with the, red, the you know, the, the, the bright orange and the black sort of like contrast is very similar to how you would see Astro Boy like presented in manga, you know, with the whole, you know, because he's outfit and his overall design is like white, black, you know, it's really high contrast and slick. So that's, I mean, that's where I saw it, you know, when I when I looked at the two characters, that's where I thought, you know, where, where the, the similarities really can be drawn. Another thing about Astro Boy is like, he's very cute, you know, he's got them yeah. big eyes, I was like, oh my god, and the car is quite cute, it's small, it's kind of compact, and I don't know, I've seen quite a lot of this car around the streets, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have recorded these guys to talk about this car, just everyone in my area has it, and it's just making me feel sad, because I'm like, I need to get one now. <laughs> Were there any design features taken from previous Toyota vehicles. Exterior design, particularly, it's it's quite unique to Toyota, and it's maybe one of the first new generation cars, a full full change, where it's really sort of dropped a lot of the design language of the past. So that there's not, you wouldn't say that it's an evolution from the first Igo to the second Igo. It really is a departure. So um, you know, obviously, some of the un the technical underpinnings, the mechanical underpinnings, are shared with other cars, but from a design point of view, just stand apart. So what's making this car unique is the Design. The design, the ability to personalize so easily because not only can you quickly and easily choose when you're with the dealer, maybe buying the car, uh, what colors you want, where you want, the different alloys, different interior, different exterior, but also, you know, you wake up on an idle Tuesday and you go, hmm, I've got a white cross, I want a black cross. You can go into the dealer and you can change it. So you can, through the life cycle of the car, so as you as you own the car, you can change the look of your car if you wish. I can imagine a lot of people just doing that with their with their wardrobe. So like, oh, I'm wearing red today. That's quite interesting, and I think you know personalization is the key, kind of things like this. And it's, to me, I can kind of compare it to. I know I'm getting a bit off topic here, but Japanese architecture, especially with the whole modular thing, taking things out, placing it new. Do you think that would make people buy this car just for that and just keep on? going for a couple of years with changing out every time they get bought. Yeah, I think generally people, the way people buy cars has changed. So five, six, seven, eight years ago, people would you know, come into the car dealership and say, there's so much money and I'll put the rest on a finance deal. And they would pay that for five years and then they would own the car, or the car would be five years old. Now a lot more people buy a car in a slightly different way, where at the end of three years, they get a choice of whether to get a new one at the same sort of payments or maybe a slightly different without putting extra money in, so it's more like a, a cycle, maybe a bit like a mobile phone, buying that in that way. So you could see how people are less uh, focused on owning the metal, and they're more focused on what it says about me as a person. So really that personalization part is even more key than it used to be. Great, and moving on to the next question, as you know, we just spoke about this like a couple of seconds ago, about the um, motto, go find yourself. Yeah. You feel that the vehicle kind of encourages the user to have fun with it, and in what way? I think it's... You know, if you've never driven one, please go and drive one, obviously. Um, but it's really fun to drive. It's it's kind of different from maybe other cars in its class where they're, they're trying to be like a grown-up, you know, they're like a smaller version of a, of a bigger car. This is definitely a small car, it's proudly a small car, so it's about uh, lightness, nimbleness in the city, particularly getting in and out of spaces. And it's not fast. 
in terms of overall performance, but in that sort of 20 to 60 mile an hour speed, the, the kind of speed you need when you're zipping in and out of traffic, it feels really uh, responsive. So it's certainly fun to drive, and again, that personality you can bring out to, to everybody else that's you drive past through the design. I see, we're talking about the fact that it is a city car, so which kind of cities do you think it would be most suited to? Where we see, where, where it sells very well is, is particularly in urban areas. So you see a lot around London, sort of on the outskirts of London as well, you know, some of the bigger uh, conurbations in Manchester, Birmingham, but also in particularly in, in European cities like Paris, you know, where traffic is appalling <laughs> and um, it really suits that kind of environment. So we, we see it in kind of yeah. the bigger... I saw it in my village. Yeah. I saw it in my village. I live in a tiny little village, um, just like about, what's well, not that tiny, but it's, but it's about, you know, eight, ten miles north of Cambridge. And it is definitely classed as a village. There's like, you know, a couple thousand people at most. And I saw one driving around my village. So, you know, it's... I think that's an interesting, <laughs> interesting point to put across, actually, is, yeah, well, there's this first group of people who live in the city, maybe a bit younger, stone uh, design connectivity. I go for many years is also sold to an older group who are maybe using it as a second car or they're maybe retired and they don't drive so much anymore and they're more interested in it in it from a running cost perspective so it's reliable it's safe it's cheap to run. Maybe they live in your village. Yeah, I, I couldn't see from the windscreen to see how. Or maybe the young car. people live in your village. I couldn't see the. I couldn't see the, the person driving, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was, I was like, oh my god, it's an iPhone with a cross and everything. Yeah. Oh. Kind of feel proud about that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> Regarding the countries, um, obviously you mentioned France, things like that. Is it just exclusive to the European market at the moment? Yes. So the car sells across Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be entry into the range of Europe. There's no plans as such now to, to spread production or, or sale across the world, but never say never. Okay. The, the Yaris used to be just European, and now it's Europe, Japan, and the US. So you know these things these things change. <laughs> of course, because when I saw it and I was like, how come this car is not being sold in Japan? That's the one thing that confused me, especially because Japanese road systems are similar to ours, and they kind of drive slower than we do. And most of their cars are uh, most of their cars are Toyotas, and they're really small as well. So, uh, we we have we have a, a slightly different range across the world. So mm -hmm. you already alluded to the fact that we don't sell Corolla here. We actually do sell a version of Corolla in the mainland in Europe. But we don't sell it here in the UK. Uh, we Still have a same. we have a different range in the US. Um, and again, in Japan, that the market is a very different uh, market in Japan. It's a much uh, older market. Um, in fact, the, the the cost of having a car in Japan because it is so urbanised, it's actually very, very high. So younger people tend to rely more on public transport. So there's less of, less of a youth market for cars. There's still kind of an enthusiast market, so things like yeah. uh, the 86, the racers, yeah. the drifters, the drifters yeah, and things yeah. like that. But, so you're but still... then they're the crazy ones anyway that will yeah. go all out to yeah, buy exactly. something and import something, you know, if yeah. they want yeah. to. So you still you still got that kind of scene, but maybe your day-to-day -day guy or girl living in Tokyo, you know, public transport is more where they're at, and they may if they're going out to the countryside for the weekend or, or holiday or visit family, they'll they'll rent it, you know, they'll borrow a car. Rent a car. That's something. Yeah. As soon as you said rent a car, I was like. Oh, Toyota's like one of the biggest rental companies in Japan for mm -hmm. renting cars. Exactly, so, yeah. Sorry, I just, everything's kind of related to Toyota. You know your Toyota stuff. It's very, I do. It's very impressive. Um, <laughs> what do you think defines the car itself, whether it may be the design, functionality, performance, etc.? It's really around that design. So, you know, the car, the car is defined by its distinguishing feature, exterior design. So, its distinguishing features in its exterior design are absolutely central to what the car is all about. But also, there's kind of a an underpinning, maybe where with other manufacturers you'll see, you know, a really, really crazy design, but actually from a mechanical reliability point of view, maybe it isn't there. Maybe their, their mechanical reliability is not as well thought of as Toyota's, but you can kind of always rely on that. And that's a pretty worthy thing, and it's a little bit boring maybe, but it's not that boring when you're sitting by the side of the road and your car's waiting to be picked up by the breakdown truck. So it's got to work, even if it is still all about design. Okay, so some listeners might be thinking, well, I'm new to cars, why should I buy this one? Like, I don't know. Mm. For me, me. I don't know much about cars, so if you want to sell me a uh, Igo right now, what would you say? I would say if you're the kind of person who wants to have a car that says something about you particularly, so it's like a status thing, you want people to go, oh, what's that? So you want to stand out a little bit, but also backed up by the fact that if you're a first car, it's cheap to run and it's cheap to insure, you know, because money is always, always an issue for younger people, but you're not giving up, you know, it's not like a, functional, a functional car, it's not like a basic car. It's got lots of creature comforts in there, so like I've said before, 
Bluetooth, you've got USB connectivity to your mm -hmm. iPhone, you've got sat nav, all the safety systems that you need. So really it's like a got loads of grown-up stuff in the car, but it's also squarely aimed at you being able to afford it. So what is the retail price basically? Okay, the, the, the car sticker price of it is seven nine seven pounds. But what we see is a lot of people buying them on like again, similar to like a mobile phone, like a monthly payment, and they can start at from about um, eighty pounds a month. So over a three year period. So eighty pounds a month buys you so yeah, there are people who are going to be looking up the design team, Terasan, yeah. you know, um, what advice do you think they would give to the, the designers of the future? I myself am a designer, so I don't know what I'm... Knowing Terasan, Terasan's uh, part of a wave, I don't want to say new blood because he's been there quite a long time, but he, he's he's got a new view for Toyota and, and really he's both well-versed in the way Japan works, but he's also very outward-looking towards particularly Western influences and, uh, and culture particularly. So he's he's open to, to taking on ideas, whereas uh, maybe some other designers in the past maybe were very sort of ensconced in the very Japanese way of doing things. So he's, he's got that balance. Um, so, you know, taking, I would say, knowing him a little bit, he, he would be it would be all about where you take your influences from, from and not being close-minded to different cultural influences from across the world. So another thing I've noticed, I've seen a, like a couple of YouTube videos of him talking about the car. He's always smiling. Is that how he's he is? He's a very smiley guy. Yeah, he is a very smiley guy. And one of the challenges we always find when we bring, say, an engineer or a designer for interview is because the, the linguistic references are so different that sometimes that personality is really hard to get over through a translator. Whereas with Terai-san, he's very brings it forward himself. Doesn't really use the translator. His English is really, really good. But also his time spent when uh, when he was younger in Australia was kind of kind of ensconced him in how and how it all works. And yeah, he's a very smiley guy. Very, and he'll talk about his car for hours and hours and hours. A lot of designers do yeah. that. They're really proud of yeah. their creation. Definitely, he 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 calls it his baby. That's not weird at all. But yeah, he calls it his baby, and uh, he definitely takes ownership of the car. Really nice guy. Do you think he has his own ego? Oh, he has his own idol. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he has his own his own idol, and I think he called, he he has a name for it, something like Geisha's Kiss, something like that, <laughs> which is like, and he's had a special personalization, which is it's kind of black with a red cross, with a red underbody treatment. It looks pretty cool. So, so he's the only person in the world that has not necessarily the only person. But he's the, he was the first person. Oh, okay, so right. I could just imagine him just driving around Japan in one of those. Yeah, um, going <laughs> <laughs> with the window down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's enough about you know the design of the car. And whatnot. Let's just move on to the more fun question. I'm not sure if you watch any anime. I know Sonia probably. Yeah. Sonia is the expert. <laughs> but you know, which kind of genres of anime do you guys enjoy? Because I know personally, I'm not really a big fan of the shonen or like cute JoJo shows. Which is kind of weird for me, personally, because a lot of people are like, what is going on? But, you know, what kind of anime do you guys do? I do, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I'm a bit old school, you know, because I'm quite old, so I actually really liked um, the, the, the really classical sort of, like, shoujo stuff, like Cardcaptor Sakura. Oh um, my god, yes! Oh yes, I, yes, exactly. I watched that, yeah. like, um, a month ago, and I just saw Sakura, and I was like, "Oh it's, my god, she's so cute!" Look yeah, that. yeah. Um, but but the thing is, it's 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 amazingly deep as well that series, uh, and uh, you know, it tackles. You know, it is about a little girl and adventures and so on. But you know, it's it's uh, she she deals with many many complex relationships alongside. You know, so it's it's sort of like you know juggling other people's feelings whilst trying to save the world at the same time is is, is always a bit tough. But you know, it's like as in for me, you know, that was like the to me it doesn't even compare with say the movie like you know Kakata Sakura all the way. You know, it's like it's just so it's just so beautifully done. And plus, you know, I love Clan. Um, you know, and most of the stuff that Clan does. Um, but aside from that, I do um, I it's, it's hard really because I like really really fun kind of schoolgirl almost like moe kind of things from time to time if it's if it's good if it's got good gags like azumanga dayo uh, azumanga dayo is very 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 good in that respect you know like you know sort of like situational comedy and and sort of like you know quick fire quick fire fun things like you know i think they even had like you know one one uh, sketch about how um um you know there's this one girl and she's really really ditzy and she's in class and she's like she's her eyes are just you know going around it's like what are you doing Osaka oh you know when the dust gets in your eyes I'm following it around you know it's little stupid things like that you know that I quite find uh, find quite funny but you know I I do also really like um, like 
epic kind of like I, I do like you know big fancy looking things the thing is it's just, it's just that at the moment recently I've not had a lot of chance to watch more more currents of anime so you know some of my favorites will include really old things like Slayers you know and um, and you know that's like the ultimate comedy fantasy sort of thing and it's ridiculous as well you know so it's it's yeah I mean there's that but then you know um, I mean recently I've been um, I quite liked the reverse harem sort of thing as well like um, all run high school host club. I mean, I've got that DVD collection. It's ridiculous and stupid, but you know, it's 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 good fun. That said, I also have the Trinity Blood box set because I really like sort of like gothic dark things. Of course, you know, of course, I have to mention Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, you know, Helsing, all of those things. Yeah, of course, I've watched them all, and I, and I like those ones as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bit like you, I, I'm not really so much a fan of the typical sort of shonen thing because I find it a bit too formulaic and also very very slow. As in, you know, if particularly if you're watching on anime, they'll replay the bloody scene like you know, like five ten minutes of stuff. You know, the good stuff from the previous episode they recap it and then they do maybe what five ten minutes more of actually yeah. new stuff and then it's just like oh okay look for the next episode oh great you know so for me i find i find a typical sort of shonen really long-running series really kind of irritating to watch so i'd much rather watch like a really good like 13 episode thing like um kino's journey for example that's and that's really that's existentialist but it's beautiful and it's it's all like you know it's very neatly possible and that's it and of course you know I, i'm gonna have to mention killer kill just because you know i have to say that some of the influences on the manga that i was dealing with particularly you know with a, a lady and giant sword things and stuff like that you know because I'm, I'm a big fan of killer kill and i, I have in fact cosplayed as satsuki kiryu before you know because obviously I would suit her, and I did. How, you know, how I rocked the eyebrows. Costume. Oh, you draw it on a little bit. Okay. I mean, the thing is, you know, I, I drew it on. I didn't stick anything on, if you, you know. But uh, but yeah, um, I, I am assured that even without a costume on, I can I can look very much like her. So. I, th I think um, for me, I was a complete novice about this stuff uh, until I met Sonia, and I'm still a complete novice. <laughs> but I mean, you know, two things for me really: that when the the first visuals came through of, of the manga, I just thought, I don't know what style it is, but I think it looks awesome. And and the second thing that kind of hit me when we went to Comic Con was what an amazing subculture it is. Like like really, you know, people really really into their hobby and, and really really into this is just it's amazing to see and you maybe don't see that with other things that people are into whereas with this that really committed and i think that's really fun and interesting and kind of you know positive it's a positive thing on the other side in japan you know people who kind of love anime or kind of obsess about it they're not really seen in a positive light yeah. you know taku culture yeah they're called otaku or they're even worse they're hikikomori which you know, i've and never they, heard and, of that one. Oh, um where they they lock themselves away and do nothing but that you know, wow. it's like, you know, the stories about South Korean gamers who yeah, who will, will actually die from just like not eating because all they do is just stay at home and just play video games. You know, so, so Hikikomori is essentially somebody who blocks himself or herself away completely and just does that. You know, so yeah, there is some negative connotations in, in Japan for, mm. for some of these people who take things to extreme. I said though, Japan is a country of extremes. Mm. As in people mm. there, they're into something, they're like really, 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 yeah, really into it. They're not, they don't just have a casual interest in it, whereas mm. here, there are some people who are really into things, but a lot of people have a casual, positive interest in geeky things. Like, you know, everyone, in fact, you know, for example, if I were just to, to drop, mention like Doctor Who, everyone in the UK knows about Doctor Who. And anyone who's a fan of Doctor Who will also know about anime or manga, because that's just how it is. I mean, I've, I've done stuff for mainstream fashion magazines, for example, I did some illustrations for Marie Claire, where they were describing, oh yeah, and like, Mark Jacobs looked really, really manga and anime this season. Here's some illustrations done in that style. They actually hired me to do illustrations, you know, so, you know, in the UK, the term manga and anime is as in people know what the words mean you know so it's, it's like a casual positive interest and so that's the reason why i think um particularly um for, for things like comic-con and so on you get you don't get just the extreme obsessives i mean they're the ones that you know will dress up in like you know fully articulated six foot long wingspan things and it's like i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna throw i'm not gonna i'm not throwing any shade in that direction because i myself have competed and stuff i've hammered armor out of copper for some of my costumes okay <laughs> trust me you know i know how it's like um, like I said, really committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really committed. Um, but yeah, there are, you know, it's in here. It's it's not seen as, as a bad thing. You know, that's that's kind of like one of them. Yeah. reiterating. And that. moving from anime to games, and this is mainly a question for Nick. Have you seen this car in any sort of video games in the future? Uh, I mean, Toyota has had uh, tie-ups, particularly with uh, Grant, the Gran Turismo series. That's been, you know, that's a, a car that isn't that was launched in the game before it's actually physically ever been told that we're going to launch it in reality. And we're not, by the way. That's not me com confirming a world first. Uh, but yeah, the, the FT1 in, in Gran Turismo, that was kind of like a, the, the 
first time a car's been launched in a video game before it's been launched in real life. But th this this particular thing, no, this was definitely something that was driven from the UK actually, the, the manga. And um, whilst it'd be awesome to see the car in a, in a in a video game, there's there's no plans to do so. Though. You know, I remember playing Gran Turismo three ten years ago, mm -hmm. and it was just like first car, yeah, it's like oh my god, yeah, mm -hmm. mainly because it just looks so cool, mm -hmm. and you know, I was thinking. Maybe this car, mm -hmm. but you know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe. I, I think you know, we've we've certainly like gone on our journey with Gran Turismo, like you said. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. Supra is the big thing. GT86, Hachiroku from back in the eighties is a, a cult car um, in, in yeah. video games too, uh, and uh, and now the FT1 as well over the last sort of year or so. So you've got Hilux in every video game. <laughs> never say never, yeah. you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no plans for the iPod. This is a question for like, I know you're an artist, Sonia. Yeah. You're not a designer. Though, I'm but, not, sadly. But if you could design <laughs> any sort of product on the of Toyota, so which one would you redesign? Redesign and mess about. I'd like to bring something like the Scion BB, big with the square sort of big car that, that's sold in the US and it's sold over in um, over in Japan as well. It used to be sold here under the Dahatsu name, which is also a Toyota brand. Get yours now. Sadly, Dahatsu had to stop selling cars over here about five years ago. But yeah, I, I love that kind of. Before I worked Toyota, I never really understood the whole JDM thing, so Japanese domestic market stuff. And you see it over here, so like you might see like a Copen, the Hatsu Copen, a small coupe, and you say that looks really out of place because it's really, really, really small. It's got a tiny, tiny engine. You've got this kind of really tall European guy in it like this. But then you see it in, in the Ginza in Tokyo and you go, that makes perfect sense. So I think, you know, with the way that actually cars are, smaller cars are becoming more important to European market, it'd be about bringing over some of that essence of Thai cars particularly over to, to the UK. Like, I kind of, in my eight years time with Toyota, have really grown quite fond of like looking at Thai cars. They're just completely different from what we have over here, you know, where size equals status. Over there, it's more about small cars are clever and usable. If I had to do anything design related with Toyota, I mean, the thing is, it's like um, I, I did mention like one of my favorite, one of, as in, I will always be in awe of how the Hilux can live through everything. Um, it's just everything, you know, because I've seen, you know, you know, the episode in Top Gear when they just put it through absolute hell and they, it still worked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my respect for that car. Plus, you know, I actually spent many, many years uh, growing up in Bangkok in Thailand and they drive a lot of Hiluxes there because you need to because of the potholes and the flooding and all that sort of stuff, you know. So for me, it was like, it was just, it was an everyday thing. I just saw Hiluxes all the time, you know, so it was really nice to see, you know, presented on Top Gear, like, um, you know, so I would love to, um, do you know, I don't know if I would actually change anything about it. But I would love to decorate the hell out of it. You know what I mean? Okay. As in, I would like, I would do proper, like, you know, graffiti, sort of like, and like characters all over. Can you imagine a Moe Hilux? Yeah. Yeah, like all, like all the characters from K-On or something, all over the front of it, or, or you know, and it's like sparkly eyes, or, or maybe like, you know, like a Yonkoma like comic all around it on on different panels. That's kind of that's what I would like to do. I mean, that would definitely turn heads. You know, Hilux with like you know cool comments all over. As soon it, as you yeah. said K-On, I was just like, <laughs> I need this. Like, yeah, Moe Hilux. What could be that? Moe. And is that's the next thing we're gonna do. <laughs> Moe, Moe, by the way, is a term for you know uh, like cute girl. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's essentially it's like a, a set essence of cuteness. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like kawaii cute girl yeah, yeah, yeah. and generally being kind of like mm, you know that kind of that kind of, look. kind of thing. Yeah, like. yeah. So it's essentially sort of like yeah. A, more, uh, like a, a more highlight. Thank you for the amazing. translation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, in, in regards of which car I would kind of redesign, I'd say the. I'm not a big fan of it. It just looks weird. And even the design, like the idea of hybrids, just freaked me out. Like with the Lexus cars, I'm like, yeah, hybrids, they're cool. But then I look at the Prius. And kind Why of, is that? I don't know. It just for me, it looks like a taxi. Like, do you know what I mean? That just, is that because everybody uses them as a taxi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a, some really good reasons why that the, the car is that shape, you know, and uh, for aerodynamics and lots of other really good reasons. And, uh, I don't really care about that. I just I like stuff that's aesthetically pleasing. You see what I mean? Like I look at those Lexus cars, and I'm like, whoa, nice. Do you know what I mean? And they're just badass, but. Prius is just, just a Prius to me, you know what I mean? So if you had a chance, you'd make a sexy Prius. I would. Sexy I would Prius. design a sexy They do Prius. exist, especially, the especially in Japan, Japan domestic market is body kits galore. Yeah, body kits galore. Uh, in regards to the car, where is it actually manufactured? The car is built uh, in a factory in the Czech Republic, so it's a European built. It's not like, has nothing to do with the UK or anything. 
No, no, so... Because I know there are some yeah, Toyotas yeah. that um, are manufactured. The Toyota Auris is built here in the UK, and the Toyota Avensis is built here in the UK. Uh, but this one is built um, out in the Czech Republic. Okay, I see. And is it a mass-produced thing, or is it just going to be limited edition? Or how's this going to So the, the car that you see in the manga, the, the orange, which is called uh, Igo Excite, uh, is a limited edition grade of the car. Um, and what, what you'll see is, over the years, as, as the car gets a bit older, We'll freshen that up, so it might be a new colour, slightly new alloys, treatment, maybe new interior. You know, we'll keep changing it all the time. So, whilst this was the launch special edition, uh, only a couple of weeks ago we launched the uh, I Got X Wave, which is the car but with a, a electric a retractable roof. So for the summer market, you, you know, it's kind of like an I Go converter. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we, we we keep bringing special editions to the market. So, like, what makes that? You've got the the unique uh, exterior bodywork, so the paintwork. Can't get that colour of orange on any other grade of car in, in the Argo range. It also comes with the front X, which is like a it's like a high gloss X, uh, whereas the, the the absolute standard car comes with just like a kind of basic matte. Uh, and then in the interior, you have um, it, uh, inserts. You can choose either like an orange insert, you can choose a black insert, or you can have whatever insert you want, really, um, just to kind of bring the color through into the interior. So really, it's it, that, that's what makes it different. And also, uh, it comes with unique alloys, alloy wheels, also like high gloss black alloy wheels. We launched the car in the middle of the World Cup, and we actually launched it in Holland, and it was perfect because it was like. 15, 20 of these cars going around Holland, which is because it's the national colours of Holland. Yeah. And everybody, everybody's going mad for the car because it's like Holland's car. So, um, yeah, yeah. It was a good time to launch it as well. Uh, a couple of years back, I've seen like, the previous generation iGos being used in like a football game. Yep. For in Tokyo. Yep. You think that will think the car would be capable of doing something? Yeah, like that? I mean the the car is eminently capable of doing that again. Might be something that we talk to the Top Gear guys about um, in the near or distant future. But that idea, we kind of we kind of started that idea with Top Gear. We did football, and then other manufacturers got on to what a great idea it was. Mm -hmm. so you, you saw Volkswagen's and Suzuki's playing hockey, or you know. Kia playing rugby or whatever. So, you know, maybe that kind of idea is done and we need to find a different idea. I think we should suggest to Toyota, what cars could survive a superhero's daily life? That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like See whether or not an Igo can sort of like, you know, can it race through uh, burning rubble? Can absolutely. It, can it sneak up behind a giant monster? Can it carry two massive swords? Can it carry, can it carry some massive swords? Yeah. I think, I think Tucker is missing the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Although Jeremy Clarkson dressed up as a superhero is not something I want to see. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> There's just the... I can just imagine there's an old man in underpants. Oh, it's not good. No. It's not a good image. <laughs> yeah, just stop talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in my mind, I can't take it out. Yeah. So we've seen this car at many expos, MCM, leaderships, mm -hmm. and you know, I like the fact that it looks cool and it's mm -hmm. kind of free from congestion charge and whatnot. So what are your favourite? I've just driven up to Cambridge and one, and I look, well, for me, I love music. So the fact that I can plug in my iPhone, I've got Spotify running on my iPhone, and it just works. I just press a button and it's there, and I'm just streaming music over the net is kind of cool. Um, and the fact that it's all there in a really cool looking touchscreen right in front of me. Which, you know, in this sort of segment of car, you know, this, this classic car, that's quite unusual. You know what I mean? Like, maybe two, three years ago, that kind of feature would have been like the preserve of Lexus or Audi, whereas now you can get it on a, on a car that's like eight, eight and a half down ground. So, for me, that's, that's great. But also, I think my all-time all favorite feature of the new one is actually the engine, and more specifically, the engine note. So Ooh, it, 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 sounds yeah, it sounds really naughty, whereas most cars are trying to make cars quieter. This has actually got a very distinctive sort of three-cylinder roar to it. So it sounds like you know, half of a V6. So I love that. I think, you know, you, you feel like, you know, you press the accelerator, you see the revs rise, you can hear the noise, and then you slam it into fourth. And, you know, it's it's a fun car that, you know, you feel like you're driving something maybe a bit more powerful than it is. So, yeah, for me, as a petrol head, the engine. I, I, I just like the overall look of it. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's just so distinctive, you know? You look at it, you can't you can't miss it if you see one coming. Yeah. I mean that's that's the reason why I just think it looks it looks amazing. I love the look, that's my big thing. More than anything, it just looks so amazing. Hey, and 
other than this car, which one is your favorite Toyota product all time? Personally, for me, it's the Corolla. And I'm gonna, I'm only gonna say that because of the um, of what Japan, what America did years ago with the Hatsune Miku kind of cross promotion. I was like, oh my god, anything with Miku, I need it, and I'm upset that I can't buy one. Can't buy a Corolla. Really has it affected you that? And it, it looks so nice as well. It's like, ah, oh, I need to go to America. You need to go move to America. But at the same time, I'm like, ah. Oh. Can you get a Corolla in her hair color? That, that sort of like teal. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's crazy. I think they stopped the promotion now, but oh. there was like oh. peppermint green Corolla. That's brilliant. Yeah, they look. They look. That's, kind of, that's the kind of thing I'd expect, you know, like a Vespa to, to come in. I mean, that's my dream kind of like you know little mm. like bike thing, but yeah, peppermint green Corolla. I think my 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 favorite Toyota from history is uh, 2000 GT, James Bond's car, can't be that. And my favorite current Toyota is the GT86. It was one of the first jobs I had when I moved into the, my current job uh, to, to work on GT86. And I was lucky enough to be the first person to drive the car back to the UK. So we had a, a, a launch in, in Barcelona and I drove it back overnight, 20 hours straight. Me and two, me and two drivers brought the car back um, and that was, I was mega excited about it because it had had such a long period of sort of hype and everybody was like, no, 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 it's not going to be as good. And it just killed it, absolutely killed it. Everybody sees that as great enthusiast car. So, yeah. Yeah, I have, I think, as you gathered, a special affection for the Hilux simply because, um, I mean, because living living in Bangkok, I th- that was the only way to get, get around reliably at times. And uh, I have many happy memories of uh, when I was little and I was going to my riding lessons, and you know, I'd have a friend pick me up and we'd all go ride in the back of one on the way to the stable. Uh, just awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're there, you know, you're riding in the back of of of, uh, of a Hilux, and then you're you're driving around and you get you you get to the uh, stables and you jump off and you get and you go. It's, it's, it was it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're built. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Built they're awesome. They're built awesome cars. So yeah, we've seen various different ways Toyota advise the Ivo from you know the X Mark Bolt motion to the magical black motion, mm-hmm. you know that one visible. Indeed. Um, so which one is kind of your favourite out of all the current adverts? And we're going to include the manga in this as well. I have to say the manga. Oh well, yeah. Obviously I have to say the manga. manga. Well, obviously, obviously, the manga is being biased. To me, yeah, this, okay, cool. but, yeah. but you know, it's like yeah. Well, it's. I mean, that that's you know. I'm I'm just going to say this, all right? That took a lot of work. Okay, it did take a lot, a lot of work. work. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hats so. off, hats off to Sonia for it. <laughs> Like I said, when I when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, "That's so awesome!" I just, you know, and this is not a slight to you, but I didn't think it was going to look as good as that, and oh, it just was kind of like super, super fast. Anything that, anything that we thought possible. So yeah, it was, it was so good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just you know, it's just quite, it's 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 fun, but it's also quite stylish, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a stylish, it's a stylish and subtle sort of like campaign. Really. And it's really authentic because it like sits to, like we say, Tarai San's a massive manga fan. Manga was inspired inspired the design, so it kind of drew from something that's at the very centre of the car. Um, and people who've seen it just go completely see why you did that. The thing is, like, when I was at MCM, because I'm not sure if you get this other than that MCM or not. Uh, it was limited so, edition and they're all gone. They're all gone. So, yeah, this is quite, I'm quite lucky to get this. If you guys got this at MCM, you can actually tell that it is well made. You've got this kind of, uh, what's the tracing? Oh, yeah, that. yeah. We were talking about how do you make it, how do you make it feel kind of sexy? And it's mm. like, oh, tracing paper overlay. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. No, there was no kind of expense spared because uh, you know it would have been terrible if we'd have worked with Sony really hard to get this really amazing story and this really amazing illustration and then put it on so we really wanted to make sure that it was delivered well uh, both that and in the film as well so you know we worked really hard to Sonia worked really hard <laughs> to, to, get, to get that all working so Sonia and a small army of other people yes yeah. <laughs> so Sonia in regards to the manga can you give us a brief overview as to what happens in Adventure 1 okay so essentially um, uh, it starts off with uh, there's a lady she's a lady in the office you know attending this rather boring business meeting when all of a sudden you know her phone flashes and it's like uh oh there is a emergency call she's needed and she just goes oh okay right right all right guys you know see you later I, I've, I've got to take this call she dashes out she goes into her normal I go drives to a super secret base and then where she like you know tells the technician hey tell me what's up and the technician's like oh look at the screen there's a giant kaiju there's a giant monster rampaging around town we need you to go and do something about it and she's like oh okay fine then and so she um she she gets herself suited up ready to go the car gets like converted into a flame proof kind of thing and then she's like yeah okay this will do she grabs it she she dashes out to the location there's even a special like you know find the current imminent kind of like superhero threat on her dashboard (laughs) and it tells her where to go so she she uh, dries through all the rubble 
cool and she's like oh, I'm gonna sneak up behind the uh, sneak up behind the monster and then she pulls out these two giant blades from the front X grill and she uses it to cut the monster down in mid-flight because the suit is like you know jet powered and stuff so she like slices through the whole thing and then and it's like she just lands the other side and she's like yeah okay and it just disintegrates behind her and then she goes back to work like this all doesn't happen. So how long do you think that would have taken her just to do all of that? Because if I was her employer I'd be like okay you've been gone for like four hours. Oh no 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 not four hours. This sort of thing would probably take about what, half an hour? Half an hour, 45? I mean if, if a super secret base is nearby, which it probably is. Definitely. Yeah. And another yeah, thing yeah. is, I'm looking at it here, is the kaiju attacking Toyota's head off. Yes, that is yes, true. Yes, yeah. Well spotted. Well spotted. <laughs> Actually, there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs throughout the whole comic for fans of Toyota to look out for. I mean, so even near the beginning, if you see the silhouettes of the cars going by, you'll notice there's a few classic cars um, in the in the selection. So, so if you just if you have a little look here, you see. So there you go. So there's one. There's one. I can't remember the exact models that I use. Land Cruiser. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, but also if you we look had a lot this, of fun in the Super there. Secret Design Lab, there's a couple of concept cars in there as well. Yeah, yeah. That's been on show. So, so again, you know, these are the little things we put in there. Yeah. Even the um, even the license plate of the car is a homage to uh, to uh, the the Epson uh, factory. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, as in you know, I tried to think, okay, well, you know, that's that's where a license plate would, it would probably be, you know, you know, that kind of like you know makeup for it. You know? So so yeah, there's a few little things in there just to like you know for for the tourists. Yeah, we had a lot of fun on with when the film came out because. Uh, in the film there's even more like little uh, sort of references yeah. and stuff and uh, people are like that's a that's a Salika no and people are like not only that's a Salika but yeah, that, so that for generation example, of Salika what, with that engine yeah, what, what car is the kaiju trashing about yeah, yeah, actually I can't exactly. remember which car we went that's with in the Salika, end that's that a Salika that's <laughs> so you just have to you just have to look out for these little things they're all over the comic the only thing I noticed was just the, the head office thing I thought that was hilarious yeah was, that is <laughs> yeah believe me you know, sometimes some days I wish that a monster would attack the <laughs> That's kind of dark. Depends <laughs> <laughs> how dark a mood. Fair enough. In regards to this, you've mentioned that it took you tons, of, tons of time. That doesn't make any it's, sense. It, well, it took it, you a lot of time a to do to this. Do, yeah. So you know, from initial concept to actually mm -hmm. producing this, how long say it took in terms now, of hours? Now, we in, in terms of hours, um, I know that. God, how many days? Are, how many days? I, know, we, I end up charging you for yeah, quite, yeah. quite a lot. But yeah. um, I remember briefing. Yeah, we, 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 we sort of had the initial sort of brief conversation. Yeah, about it, it in August. It was a few August. months before, yeah, it was in, in summer. August, yeah. So, so we, we, we started talking about it in August and then the final thing came out around about October. But it was only in the last in the last couple of, in the last month or so that things got really finalized. Um, so the last month or two was when, you know, I really, I, I started, you know, get, getting all the illustrated done. Um, I think what, um, what made it take a bit longer was that, you see, with the process that I would normally do for, for making comics, I didn't have, I would normally, you know, just draw things straight. But because I was working with an animator as well to produce the animation, I had to make sure that actually everything was separated out into every single different layer. You know, so each page, instead of it being a typical, what, four or five layers of, of me, you know, when I, when I start tweaking, adding the shading and so on, um, each page had 20, 30 layers, just so that the animator could have something to, to work with and move and like layer on top and, you know, and so on, you know. Um, one of the things that was um, different about this project when it came to creating a manga was because um, uh, I was working with an animator, instead of my usual process where I would have maybe at most four or five layers, um, you know, of, of the file when I was drawing, you know, so it'd be one area for inks, one layer for like, you know, my all my tone, one layer for all my all the speech and so on. Um, I actually had to separate it down to something like 20 or 30 layers per file, simply because um, the animator needed to have everything absolutely separate so that, you know, he could move bits, you know, independently of each other or zoom in on one or like, you know, make it larger or make it smaller and so on independently so that was essentially what sort of stretched my time on this uh, a lot more than you know, I would have normally done on a, on a typical sort of like comic or manga project but aside from that the the design process of, of it was very similar in that you know I would come up with the storyboard I thought you know here's here's like some some, some thumbnails you know and then me and the animator worked together to sort of like figure out okay let's do this shot let's do this shot let's change the angle here and so on and so forth so yeah I mean all in all though um, the, the, the bulk of the work um, was in the last um, I'd say a couple of months just before um, the, the, the release of the of, of the comic at uh, the uh, Comic Con definitely you know as is always the case for I think anyone but particularly for creative professionals the uh, the amount of hours per day you work on a project exponentially increases the closer you get to the deadline so it started off being okay casual look at it 
you know, a couple of times a week to, oh my god, working yeah. on this non-stop, going to bed at 3am every night type of thing, you know, <laughs> and this is, this is, this is not easy considering that I also have a toddler, you know, so, so it's uh, juggling, juggling, you know, childcare and doing a rush work on a comic is, is quite hard. <laughs> it was one of those things as well, because we kind of, kind of started the conversations in August, as I said, and then all of a sudden uh, we started to have a conversation. Me and uh, the art director on this was a guy called Guy Bird, and, and he said, "Well, why don't we go to Comic Con? Why don't we launch it at Comic Con?" I was like, "Okay," and we went from sort of having this sort of soft launch kind of idea to like, right, it's got to be ready for that day. Must be all ready. And so three weeks before we had like, oh right, god, have we got the film? Yeah. Have we got you know? Are the, are the media going to be there? Are the media not going to be there? The, yeah. You know, it was oh man, it was it was difficult. And also in that time we had to brief the, the guys who built the stand. Yes, the stand. I, I think as well. I think another thing that, that for people who went to Comic Con, we put a lot of time and effort into stand as well. It was the most sexy stand there. Seriously, it was I because you know I, I exhibit in another area of the stand because I work in a comic group. You know, so we have a, we have a creator table in the comic village. But you know, the moment I went over to your side of the convention I was just like oh my god it you know was, it, it like yeah. stood out so much compared to everything else in the room it was amazing it, it was such a, a cool thing to work on as well because like like say when you when you turn around the corner and you came into the hall and you looked at it and you just went yeah that looks that, that is exactly it was, it what is, I was it's like there and yeah, it's like so. it's, it's like sexy it's slick it's like yeah, it it's good. so stylish oh I loved it and it did sort of generate some big interest over the weekend as well so we were really happy well, this wouldn't this interview wouldn't have happened if I didn't see the stand yeah. at the end to be honest <laughs> stand um, in its job that's yeah. the and one thing is we had cosplayers there like did you guys think about that it was it was kind of one of those things. I think you you brought it up at one of the first meetings. You said, oh yeah, well you know if we launch it, maybe yeah, we should yeah, do you should get a cosplayer to do it because that's I, the thing. You know, and then yeah. and then we we kind of you know we auditioned a few people and uh, the lady that we went with eventually was just perfect. Yeah, she was so <laughs> she professional. Was, she was so scary. She was scary. I reckon she really could have. Killed you, but uh, <laughs> not just you, but all of us. She uh, she was great actually, yeah, and and the work of the costumier as well was, yeah, was really yeah, the high costume, quality. Costume designer was amazing. We kind of went yeah, down to did. a really low level on the detail, you know, to make everything as yeah, authentic as possible. I think one of the things that kind of impressed me about the cosplay was the, the weapon, because I was just like, wow, it's just like in the world, um, which kind of really blew my mind. The fact that someone can pull swords. Out from a car. Oh. I'm guessing the one that we're going to see today doesn't have that. Uh, sadly not. No, 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 no. It's had its swords taken off. You know, uh, see, it's if, not road legal. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing, the thing I will tell you about, you know, because because that was a key part of the design process and the whole the whole idea behind the story. Because the first thing I, I thought of the moment I saw the car was I saw that X grill at the front and I was like, God, be really cool if you know they could pull out a couple of blades out the front of there. You know, a bit like them scissor blades from Killer Kill, a little bit like that. That would be really really cool. That was the number one thing that came to my mind. The second thing that came to my mind was, we've got to have a heroine who's got the, those, those sort of sly looking kind of crafty eyes, because those eyes match up with the, the shape of the headlights on the, uh, so if you look at the car, you see that the, the, the headlights have got this sort of like, you know, sleek looking triangular shape. And I really tried to make her eyes have the same shape as that headlight as well. So that was the, the, the next thing. I, 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 it was these little things like that. They, they, uh, that really, really fed into the whole idea of the whole storyline. And, and how it works. So that's one of the big things on the design of the car because you know, within this uh, area of the market those kind of sleek look headlamps uh, they're, they're not cheap they're actually like a level up from like a standard headlamp they're, uh, and, but they one of the great things about the design team was we, they went no we have to have those even though they cost to, to keep the design aesthetic of the car because otherwise it would have had like really really big halogen headlamps like every other car these like really tight sleek uh, projector headlamps were designed so every car's got no every version it says on the model it says here adventure one is there plans for adventure two there could very well be you know, okay. we, we've got a, got a we've got this car now for five six seven years usually it's about the average generation of a car say it stays for so you know we've got I think what we did with Adventure One as a group uh, is we kind of reached out into an area where you know, no other car company is really talking to this these people and um, we can do something that's really authentic that hopefully they enjoy and that means that they interact with Toyota a bit more and, and, and hopefully think a lot more yeah we I'd like to do it I'd like to do it I'd, like to do it. I'd, I'd love to well yeah. because I've got a lot of ideas of things that she could do 
Working so, with Sony would be awesome. So yeah, so maybe in future if there's a new update, like you say, a new, a new sort of new color theme or whatever, then maybe maybe go into that color. Perhaps. I see, because like before I even picked up the manga, I was just like, hey, I was hoping there would be a Gundam in there. Because the first thing you think of Carl and Shin is, well, Gundam, well, no, no Gundam. Is there any sort of kind of only people that there is some sort of Gundam? <laughs> Is this, is this like a, a giant robot suggestion request? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know that's the thing. I pitched a few different stories, and we went yeah. with this one. Yeah. One of my stories did include some mecha stuff in there. Yeah. You know, so. oh no, no, but giant monster! Come on, giant monster! Yeah. Giant monster's pretty cool. I think this is the this is the thing now. You know, <laughs> what's to what's to stop us if we want to really continue with this and like like we say we really do. Is you know, do we have to keep it to this heroine? We end up with some kind of Igo manga universe. Yeah, <laughs> I could do. you know. So you know, we could take on all different types of, of styles. And, uh, but you know, we, we, I think we need to look at what we do next. Uh, and really working with Sony because really she's our expert and she's she does such a great job on, on this that you know we can't we couldn't think of anybody else that we'd want to work with. Oh, on, so. No, 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 absolutely not, absolutely. Not. Yeah, it, it, if, if it had been someone who, who maybe wasn't as ensconced in this area, or maybe someone who hasn't got as good a skill, then it wouldn't have worked. And so I think all the, you know, we were obsessive about quality, and we were obsessive about the details, and that requires people who know what they're doing, so... Enter Sonya. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just really amazed by how this looks and feels. You see what I mean? Like, personally, I'm not really a big fan of Marvel. This sounds so weird coming from me. Uh, I don't like to read. Oh, see, like... I'm the opposite. I prefer manga to anime, usually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's just where I like It's not just that. It's not just that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the way how it's, it's the way you consume it. I like, I like reading manga uh, more than watching anime. It's, it's kind of a bit weird. Okay, no, that's understandable. <laughs> but for me, just like. How am I gonna do the voices? Because every time I read something, I, I have to make the voices. Oh, you <laughs> think about the voices? Yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah, of like yeah. when when you're reading to a child, and, and then they're like, "Oh, mom, dad, just do the voice for that character." That's ah, how I feel. Okay. So mainly because that's how I was as a kid. I, was, I used to just bug my parents and be like, "Oh, mom, dad, read it as a character," and they would do a really shoddy job at it. <laughs> <laughs> if they're listening. I'm hoping they aren't. They um, no, but seriously, it's even the animation. I I quite liked it, but I kind of prefer the manga. This is like the only instance where I'm like, because yeah, to be fair, the animation had to take its work from the manga, <laughs> and the animation was never meant to be a full a full blown feature thing because you know the, the time and resources yeah. required to make it a full length feature thing is just no, that's ridiculous. You need a whole team of people yeah. working yeah. for several months, you know. Mm. Um, so, but so yeah, essentially the animation has always been just to showcase the comic. You know more than anything, really. It's it's um so, so yeah. It's in this case, you know, it really was taking it from the manga, um, and yeah, it's um I don't know. It's it's for me like it, it was the storytelling part of it, you know, and then just seeing it. But also even even the way how the animation was presented, it was still presented like it was a comic, you know. So you'd have the car driving across a panel, you'd see panels whizzing by underneath, you know, and so on. You know, I really so, like that. for someone who yeah. isn't in this world a lot, the page animated like a page. Being I really like that. Because I thought it was really different. Uh, yeah, I was very, very happy. So, in, in regards to the manga and um, the car, you feel that it was a successful kind of campaign? I mean, from a business point of view, um, definitely it, it brought us to the attention of some people who don't get talked to by car companies, really. Um, and maybe they aren't, you know, drivers now, but they will be drivers in the future at some point. And so, you know, if you patronise something that's important to them. That I think that is. I can't say, oh well, it brought us 17% X Y Z, but I can say, you know, as a whole campaign, it it stood stood apart from the main Go Fund Yourself Rehab campaign. It was something very specific to this area, uh, and I think it was definitely worthwhile. And it kind of, in the way that, same way that the car surprises people because they go, Toyota shouldn't do that kind of thing. This was like another one of those things of, oh, Toyota's got. Bit of personality, a bit of flair, and, and just brings it to life a bit more. Um, so yeah, I think as a campaign, yeah, there's some numbers behind it too, which are 
which we were very happy with. Um, but more overall, the feeling of the campaign was that it reached out and maybe changed some perceptions of what Toyota is in an interesting young group. Um, I mean, the thing is, I was I was really really pleased with the way how um, I was you know um, I I was consulted about how to present this and how they actually really wanted to listen to me um, when it came to how to make things look authentic because I mean one of the last things you know the thing is it's like okay I'm a manga artist I was I'm not originally Japanese but I create manga so you know um, I have had all sorts of mud thrown at me because it's like oh I'm not by blood Japanese therefore you know how can I create you know proper manga or whatever like that you know so I know about the whole authenticity argument um, well I mean but the thing is I do know how to make manga I do know how to make manga look good because I understand it I'm a big fan of it you know I I study it you know it's 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 been with me ever since I was little you know I grew up on this stuff you know so please don't confuse me with you know, just somebody who comes from another school of thought or another school of artwork and like, you know, is just copying the style. Because you know, you know how it is when you see somebody who's not quite used to doing it, try to copy what manga yeah. looks like and it generally tends to come out looking quite terrible. Um, and the thing is, it's like, what I want to say is that, you know, um, I felt really glad that Toyota were trying to listen to people who kind of who knew, who knew what they were talking about. Because the last thing we want is one of those, you know when Garnier did their uh, manga hair like a few years ago? You know, it's it's or like you know, listening to Avril Avril Lavigne going kawaii, super kawaii. So, do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah? I it's it's um the last thing we want is you know um a marketing campaign that is bastardizing the the, the thing that pe the very thing people love, or like you know, making it look, you know, not not presenting a good a good version of itself. You know, so I'm really really glad that you know um with this whole look and, and the whole look of the comic and so on that they really allowed me to, to essentially go forth and do something that paid homage to Killer Kill, homage to Attack on Titan, homage to Initial D, you know, that had that, that proper kind of look to it, you know, so I was really pleased that, you know, that, that um, it was really important to them that it, that it should look and feel and, and should read like, you know, like a good manga should, you know, so, so yeah. I think also, you know, particularly uh, younger consumers, younger customers, they have a very good bullshit meter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they have <laughs> yeah, a really, they really good yeah. bullshit meter. So brands, so brands that, uh, like you say, who bastardize or try and borrow, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff from a, from jump, a you know, jump on a, a bandwagon yeah, without bandwagon. doing their research. Without I mean, doing like, their research, it can know. end up being thin and brittle and actually be eternal. So yeah. I think, speaking as professional point of view, I think it, this is the way that more brands should go and we will go is to try as much as we possibly can to. It's giving a voice to someone within that subculture and showing how cool that subculture is. So it's yeah. like pa patronising, not patronising. Patronising yes. that they are music, stuff with Lexus with design. You know, it really is about making something as authentic as it possibly yeah, can be. If you're going to do it right, you do, if you're going to do it, do it well. It's not, you know, we really want to part of that subculture. What can we kind of get away with? It's we want to part of that subculture so we find something within that subculture and tell a story that they want to tell with us. And we help, so just I was talking to a couple of members of my team before obviously recording and there's something that they mentioned about the kind of idea of doing this. Where did it come from? Was it? Was it <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> well, uh, well I know okay. <laughs> because a lot of, um, as we've noticed before, that there was other companies, mainly uh, investors and whatnot, who have been jumping on this kind of idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and then, you know, we see this, and we just don't know what to think of it. Where did that come from? Was it, did you see uh, other companies do it and say, hey, I'm going to do that? Or was it just like, you know what? I mean, to be honest, it was, it was you know, one of my jobs last year was about how to launch this car and make it as cool as possible. That was kind of my job. Uh, not just mine, but, you know, across the company, there was various people working on this, but in one particular area was... It seems it seemed a shame that we never used you know, the fact that Toyota is a Japanese company and we have a car that's inspired by manga. Yeah. Manga is a Japanese construct, therefore it, it just it works perfectly and it's authentic. It's not like Garnier 
jumping on, <laughs> jumping on. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, Garnier. Yeah. But you know, it's not but Garnier to, jumping to, on, yeah. on onto a bandwagon of something that they have no heritage, no authority to speak about. The brand Toyota does have something to yeah, say. There about is this. a history of Toyota yeah. in manga. I mean, like I mentioned already earlier, Initial D. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know, it's like Toyota's all over that, and that was that was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is that history. So, so I think you know, that's where it started, and maybe it started as kind of an, an idle sort of. Well, you know, we've got all this background with the, with the, uh, the lead guy on the, on the project being a massive manga fan. Car looks manga inspired, and we're a Japanese company that's kind of like the stars aligned. And then the really hard work came in finding someone to work with, which is Guy and Sonia, to bring that all together. So, you know, I think it started as an idle thought and then it came hard, it became but it was worthwhile. Why the hell not? Why aren't yeah. we doing this? And then, and then about two weeks before the launch, but why are we doing this again? No. <laughs> Yeah, you told me that you yeah. had an interesting meeting with uh, some of the head, the head of art, like yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they were like, "What? What yeah. is this? Yeah. This is weird, but it's cool." Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> it was one of the, it was one of those kind of moments where you think, "Oh God," uh, and my job flashes before my eyes, yeah. and and they go, you know, with all due respect to my to my superiors, and they're, they're, they're older guys, maybe who have not really. Understand, understand, or even experienced manga. Yeah. What is Pokemon? What is this all about? <laughs> what is what? this Tomodachi But then when stuff you show it, about? you show it to them, and, and maybe some of them have. You know, there was one guy who said, "Oh, my daughter's massively into this. She's thirteen. She loves all this. She draws and this and like, This is great. This is like completely. How did you manage to do this?" And then talk about something. Guy. And so you know, really, it's it's something that that. So a group of people maybe at the top of the business just wouldn't maybe think about but you need people who are maybe more more in with that crowd to be able to, to find the people who can do it so yeah that's why we do yeah, it yeah and if the daughter's like 13, 14 she's going to be driving soon exactly she's going to be driving soon first, so. first car what does she want yeah. fingers crossed well, <laughs> well she'll probably end she'll up with an I go anyway yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah she's the daughter yeah. of a Toyota executive getting them young yeah. getting them young <laughs> Okay. Uh, obviously, thank you guys for welcome. being on this podcast. You're very welcome. And yeah, just so people know, the next episode—I don't know what it will be about. Uh, I forgot, guys. I forgot. But anyway, I'll probably add that in. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Woo! <laughs> thank you. Afford to be different. From only €12,625, go fun yourself with a new iGo from Toyota.